You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. I'm back, back in the New York Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. How's it going, buddy? Grump, it's uh, it's late tonight. It's late Monday night. You know why it's late? Because I just returned from Yankee Stadium and the continued ownage of my Tampa Bay Rays over the once proud, once feared, once good New York Yankees. Wow. So... I know we don't give out MVPs and World Series championships in April or May, and this is why. So I'm going tomorrow night with my broom. I'll be waving it after a sweep. It's been a it's a it's a tense time in uh, New York baseball Twitter. Uh, <laughs> it I'm, sure is. I, I I don't really know how to how to describe it as a most uh, mostly as an observer. Um, but, uh, you're on an unusual side of it. And, uh, uh it's, you know, it's interesting because the Met fan always thinks that gloom and doom is one pitch away. And the Yankee fan always thinks, you know, they're the God's glory. gift to the universe. <laughs> and, you know, there's just, uh, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. Even though they've had a horrible month. So it's, uh, again, I'm not planning my, uh, boat parade around Tampa Bay just quite yet, but, uh, it's, it's been a fun series so far for, for the good guys and um, I'm probably the only person who's on listening to this show who said good guys in my favor, but, uh, October's coming boys. I'm, Be afraid. I'm, I'm glad you got that off your chest. I'm pretty sure everyone's already clicked out of this. Uh, <laughs> that was, that was fast. So if anybody, uh, if, if anybody wants more of that, that coverage, check out the Crunky fan podcast on FL teams, uh, network. And now I'll, I'll give you a little bit more with that. So, yeah, but you're, you're cruising for one star review right there. <laughs> Um, but what is this? This is just Giants. This isn't this isn't just Cranky Fan uh, giving you shit. This was the Just Giants pod. So let's talk about that. Hell yeah! So the we we briefly convened before the weekend, right? Uh, I think it was Friday. Oh my god, was it Friday afternoon or Friday morning? We uh, had the. I guess it was. I guess it was Friday afternoon. We had a mm-hmm. a um, post preseason game reaction. Uh, and it feels like so much has happened since then, too, which is really bizarre, isn't it? You can only talk about, you know, the 10 or so plays the first team had for so much, you know, and then you, you beat that to death. And then every little you know, morsel of news you get between now and then, you know, between cutdowns and injuries and, you know, things blown out of proportion. And fortunately, we're here to cover all of that. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you know, I started my day today, uh, you know, and there's there's a number of things that we do need to go over that are actual football things. But you know, I started my day today with some with some bullshit here. Um, and uh, that is, you know, I, I'm going to read here a back and forth between uh, the media and Brian Dable, which occurred this morning. And the question is. Is there a need or maybe a desire or maybe even a curiosity to see what Tarad can do with the first team at some point this summer? Brian Dable's answer was, 
yeah, as we get going here in terms of preseason games, we'll talk about whatever we think is best. But I have full confidence in Daniel and full confidence in Tarad and what his role is. Each day we sit there and we evaluate the guys. But will he get a few reps here or there? He might. Question. Is that any reflection on Daniel? Absolutely not. No. I learned from a pretty good coach a while ago. Usually he doesn't tell these guys when he throws them in because that's what the backup's role is. You have to go you have to go in on a split second. You prepare like you're a starter, but the fourth play of the game, something happens, you're in, you got to be ready to go. So I don't necessarily think we'll tell those guys when that will happen. So Grump, do you know the uh, the telephone game? Yeah, because uh, this eventually was watered down to Brian Dable says Terod Taylor will get some first-team reps during camp, but that's not an indictment on Daniel Jones. It's always been planned. Hashtag Giants. <laughs> I care, care, care to uh, elaborate? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> first thing is, you know, the New York media and probably some extent the national media is just dying to write the obituary for Daniel Jones as the quarterback of this team. They can't wait. They can't wait for him even before he fails to write that he's failed. So this is just them pushing a narrative that they've had literally since the day he was drafted. You know, it's just a, it's the final digs they can get at Dave Gettleman, the final digs they can get at this organization. It's been a, a disaster for a decade. So, you know, they're just pushing their story as far as they can. But Again, when you start hearing words like maybe, possibly, I don't know, maybe becoming definitive, I think, again, our theme of this show has been all along, if you have a narrative, you're going to believe what you hear and pick out the words that you hear as validation of what you believe. Um, you know, should Tara Taylor get some practice with the ones? Absolutely. Of course. I mean exactly to his point. If Daniel Jones goes down at any point in this season, whether it's for a snap, a drive, a quarter, a half, a game, the rest of the season, he has to be ready and not playing with backups and scrubs. He has to play with the first team. He needs to get just, and they need to have a little practice with him also. I mean, they're different quarterbacks, different skill sets. So, I mean, I think it would be negligent, negligence not to have him get a sprinkle in a couple snaps with him. But, Again, you know, this is still going back to our other big picture and big story about why is Terod Taylor here, right? He's not here to compete for the starting job. I mean, this is Daniel Jones' gear of evaluation. And in spite of what a lot of you people think, like, well, they better be four and four at the bye or else they're making a move. That's not the way they go. He's going to get a full year evaluation unless he is god-awful, injuring people in the third row of the stands with errant passes. Right? Do you agree? Oh, man. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is kind of... um, This is just lazy, and it's kind of sad. Like, it's it's intentionally misleading to, to stir up a thing. And what's, what's frustrating about pointing this kind of thing out, or, I mean, I don't know, even getting irked by it, is uh, that it's like in it almost feels like it's in defense of Daniel Jones keeping his starting position uh, or or in any way making excuses for him, but it's it's really not. It's just I don't know. Maybe you agree or disagree with this, but I think it 
when when you reach for things like this, it cheapens legitimate arguments, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. So I I think this kind of stuff is silly. Like, you know, I feel like uh, Daniel Jones's play almost stands for itself. Uh, you know, the national perception of him I think is worse than what he actually is. Mm-hmm. There's no need to. F- to force this. I think this is already the narrative that's out there. So why continue? Well, to, as soon as you, it just as seems as weird to word, shoehorn it. As soon as you hear the word turnover in Daniel Jones, you know, that's a lazy narrative because anybody can just look at his stats and see how the turnovers have gotten better over the last couple of years. I mean, he was a turnover machine, a fumble machine, his rookie year. A lot of that's been cleaned up in his game, you know, wrapped around being injured and unavailable to play. But, but when you hear that, a lot of people in national media, that's the first thing they bring up. Daniel Jones, got to cut back on those turnovers. Well, he kind of has already. Uh, and, you know, even if they decide Daniel Jones is not the guy and Daniel Jones is playing poorly. And I really think it's, he's not going to be the guy. I, I, I would be very shocked if he's the quarterback next year as, it's, as things stand right now. Octum's razor tells you the most likely scenario is probably the one that's right. And is it somewhere where a guy has struggled and for whatever reason, all of a sudden is going to turn around and be, you know, worthy of an extension and a big money extension, or is he just, eh, and he's just always going to be, eh, most likely. But I think it's what, it's like the meme, the tell me you're tanking without tell me you're tanking. It's going to be one of those things where he's going to be evaluated this entire year. And if he's playing poorly, and this, the record of this team is, you know, four and 12, four and 13, four and 14. That's not the worst thing in the world for this team because they're going to need to replace this quarterback and they're most likely going to get that quarterback through the draft and they're going to try to increase their chances um, in the draft by, by losing. Again, Giant fans don't want to hear that, but they can go behind the cover of, we are trying to evaluate Daniel Jones as much as we can to make, before we make that decision. And again, Unless he's throwing balls into the third row and hurting people, you know, unless he pulls his, uh, you know, uh, from impersonation from last year or his Mike Glennon impersonation, he's not going to be that, that bad. Now they may not win, but again, let's look at the roster we're talking with. We're talking about a roster that's not very good. This is a, a roster that has deficiencies in several key places, does not have the depth in several key places. So to blame it all on him, you know, you could just ride him out, get the get the better draft pick next year, and away we go. So, Tyra Taylor is never bringing him in to win one or two extra games. You know, it, it, it in more ways is a detriment to this franchise longer term than short term. I mean, I I don't know if you guys really want to get off win, winning a meaningless game in December because hey, we won a game when it might cost us a pick or something, or you know, he's not going to be. He's not going to be the starting quarterback in this team in 2024. No way. He might be next year if we drop the quarterback and we need a bridge until that quarterback is ready. But that's why he was brought here. He's not brought here to win games, not brought here to be the starter. So you just have to keep that in your brain when you're thinking about him before you start clamoring for him. Yeah. Uh, it, it, again, it, it's so it's so painful to have to like go through this stuff. It really is, isn't it? And I feel like it's for the fans as much for bashing the media. I mean, the, the media is going to have their stories, but I just so many people we, we interact with on Twitter and friends of ours is just, you know, I, I understand the frustration. It's been a decade and 
you know, you, but you can't hurry along a rebuild to happen in two weeks. You have to go through the process. And this year is the beginning of that process. It's not the 11th year of the process. It's the first year of the process. It sucks, but that's where we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, I'll be, you know, I'll be pretty shocked if Daniel Jones is back here next year. Uh, I, I would be shocked. Let me ask you one more question, Grunt, before we move on talking about Daniel Jones. Is it even in our best interest if, let's say, he has a decent year and he's showing signs and we decide either to franchise him or sign him to a extension of X amount of years? Is it where this team is right now in development, you know, utilizing so much cap space on a quarterback at this point in the rebuild? Is it even worth it? Is it even in our best interest? Or is it just better off just cutting bait and starting over next year? Honestly, it's it's hard to commit to Daniel Jones long time on health reasons alone, man. So That's like right. th- th- this whole conversation is really really difficult to even fathom. Mm-hmm. Um, but my whole point of this whole thing is just that where we are in the life cycle of this rebuild, you know, making that making that commitment to him when you know the offensive line isn't. 100% yet and the the, op, the weapons around him are 100% the money that's being spent because you know there's you build with a quarterback who's you know on a cheap rookie deal or you know you're kind of riding a quarterback into that second wave of his career and Daniel Jones being that second wave of his career where you're spending a considerable chunk on him where those resources could be used in so many things we have to rebuild on this team I just don't even unless he comes out and is unworldly this year where it's He's all of a sudden returns Kurt Warner out of nowhere. I just don't think it's even worth it. And not that I'm not rooting for him or in any of that. It's just, I just, the more I think about it, does it even make sense to even worry about him after this year? I, I see. I just, I don't want to even project my thoughts too much into the long term like this because it's, it's so difficult for me to imagine some of these scenarios and it just kind of comes at me as it comes at me, you know? Um, so then are you fine with the scenario I raised a little while ago just saying ride him for the whole season you know if he sucks he sucks the record is what it is absolutely don't, I don't try like to chase a win don't try to wait don't try to uh, chase an extra win or two with Taylor who might give you an extra win or two no but way. no hundred percent no not okay. that, that's not even a scenario to me as far as I know that's the plan that's what I assume the plan is I can't imagine the plan being anything else see I think a dope like McAdoo or even judge would have I don't think this you know again it's year one for this coaching staff it's year one for this GM I think they have a lot more you know a lot more leash from the ownership you know they're the beginning of their plan I think those other guys were just in more of a panic mode which they were trying to chase wins fortunately we're not in that scenario um. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to come up with a uh, defensible situation in which I'm like, oh, maybe if Daniel's playing great and he's just knocked out for a game, like it doesn't matter. No, it's yeah. not even chasing wins at that point. That's just playing football. Right. Um. In any case, uh, some big roster updates here. Uh, Jeremiah Hall was like the big, big roster updates. No, they had to cut some guys, so some <laughs> some back end guys are gone. Jeremiah Hall was kind of a surprise for me, but not really. Um. He hasn't looked particularly fascinating in his H-back role uh, or in any kind of fullback role or whatever. He's looked okay. He looks like a UDFA adjusting. Uh, the only thing that makes it mildly um, 
surprising is that I do think that there is some upside there. I think that he is working hard in his transition from college, and I think he could do it. But really, it's more that I don't like, and this is going to lead into our next conversation is there's like no H back tight end that's like healthy on this roster. And I have no idea what the depth situation is there. So it's it's strange that he's not necessarily cut, but that he's cut now. He's like one of the initial cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, other than that, you know, Gavin Heslop, Austin Prohl, you know, names like that. Not nothing too shocking. Mm-hmm. Um so like I said, the Jeremiah Hall conversation, this leads into the injury conversation, right? Um and this is a laundry list, so I'm just going to kind of frame it, and I'm just going to piggyback off of the way that Dan Duggan has this broken mm-hmm. down based on uh, guys working on the side, guys kind of getting maintenance days, and guys who have been out for a long time now. And speaking to the Jeremiah Hall thing, Ricky Seals-Jones, I, I forgot that he practiced in any capacity. It's, <laughs> it's been so long. I forgot he was on the team. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Shane Lemieux, he's got that undisclosed at this point foot injury that's pretty concerning it is beyond just a toe at this point it is now mm. some ambiguous foot thing it just seems like a guy that's just always going to have for it's bad luck or whatnot always yeah. going to have a problem i i'm officially kind of worrying about that although i don't think that he missed time in college at all so i don't recall but yeah. uh he's missing it in the pros that's for sure <laughs> um Ellerson Smith, who went down with a foot or ankle injury of some kind in practice the other day. Uh, Jihad Ward, same thing, had a lower leg injury, I believe, of some kind uh, in practice the same day, I think almost around the same moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blake Martinez is still out. Sterling Shepard, obviously, still out on the PUP list. Matt Breda, Gary Brightwell, Kadarius Tony, Darius Slayton, David Sills, John Feliciano, Josh Azudu. Uh, Jameel Douglas, Cordell Flott, Rodarius Williams, and uh, you know those guys were kind of working on the side in some capacity only. And then Leonard Williams and Dory Jackson—they're kind of on maintenance days. Man, it feels like you know. So Grump, who's playing? Exactly. No, that's that's a serious thing. Is the the starting offensive line is pretty ugly uh, for practice. So. Um, and then it scares me if you know we get to Sunday, and we have a patchwork offensive line. How much do you really want Daniel Jones out there? You know, how much do you want Saquon Barkley out how there? Do, well, how much do I want any of these injured guys to be out there? That's what I'm saying. If yeah, if they're going to be injured. You know, uh, what are we even going to see? You know, I it's this is all right. So this is I'm not gonna I don't want to branch into this conversation, but uh, you know, there's a lot of conversation about uh, the offense being bad in practice and just you know things looking bad in practice. Practice, practice. This is why I don't like think too much about training camp practice or as much as I used to uh, really? is that it's all, it's all just practice, man. Like they're not going to drills. Push, they're not going to push too many guys who are hurt to, to play through being hurt. And if they do, they're kind of foolish. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're practicing things, right? You know, we, we learned that Daniel Jones is intentionally pushing the ball into, into double coverage on certain drills. Uh, the defense is working their own thing against them. You know, the mm-hmm. offense is working their own thing. And, you know, we hyper-analyze things without proper information and... Uh, Perspective. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and maybe I'm guessing correctly, and maybe I'm not, and maybe the overarching theme is that practice is awful. But the, the truth, I think, I think will be spelled out more clearly in preseason games. I think we'll, we'll see a little bit more. 
And as the preseason games get closer, we'll see a little bit more. And we can kind of really just look more at the roster moves that they make, uh, the preseason games, and how those things might correlate. And yeah, then see, that's kind of it. That's where we really get any definitive proof. I, I even push it further back. It's to me what the roster moves were and what we look like in weeks one and two. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, ultimately, honestly, that's where it's all going to come to we might be looking at combinations on the offensive line that we won't normally see. We might see, you know, we saw Darius Slayton doing an end around like on the second or third play of the first game. Like I wouldn't expect to see that package in a regular season game. They want to look at something specific or maybe they're showcasing him things you wouldn't see in a normal regular season game to try to win a game. So I think when you get to week one and week two and they're, game planning specifically to play a game and they play a game and they're trying to win, not develop things, not to get reps in, not to showcase somebody, not to talent evaluate, but this is my best 11 right now. This is my best play to run best execution. That's where we know where this team really stands and everything else is just what your take is on something. You don't have the right insight in. you're not in the coach's room. You're not in the player's room. You're not in the, the position room. You don't know what the objective is of every particular, uh, every throw, every block, every uh, drill, every you know, snap, every anything. We don't know. We're just watching and observing from the lens of, oh, in a game that's not good, but we don't know. So I, I, I'm with you all the way. I'm really taking the step back from going psycho crazy about everything I see and what does that mean and who's winning the race and I'm learning to trust these coaching staff that they know what they're doing and they are building up to something. And to your point, when guys get cut, whether it's that first five or, or cut down day, we'll know, you know, who's, uh, who's not on this team and why they're on this team and what we saw means something or not. Yeah. I mean, yeah, pretty much. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna step back and and bringing this a little bit back towards the injury side of the conversation is I'm really not gonna take note of what goes on in practice when when so many guys that are going to be integral parts of this team in one respect or another aren't there. You know what I mean? I'm just totally. I, I am I really supposed to feel shitty about and it's it's okay to feel shitty about guys who are repeatedly injured okay so that's like a separate part of this conversation but like mm -hmm. am i supposed to feel shitty about the scheme or the talent or whatever uh based on daniel jones playing with two starters on the offensive line a backup <laughs> running back maybe and uh one wide receiver yeah and like literally like one wide receiver that's expected to start. Am I supposed to feel bad about that when I know that most of those guys, they're just playing it safe with their injuries. They're not truly hurt where they can't do things. It's just. And here's the thing. The other thing is that if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're listening to Talking Giants. You're listening to all the other shows. You're you're taking in information about the Giants. You've probably gone to camp. You know this team. It's in a bubble though compared to the other 31 teams you don't know what these other teams what their injury situations are to the level of detail you do with the giants you don't know what drills they're playing they're doing right now so you you have no perspective and no kind of you know where is this team relative to how other teams are, are they ahead or behind in their development in their reps in their evaluation in their you know for anything so i think when you just focus it on this one team it's just kind of in a vacuum. And I think once we get to 
again, week one, week two, week three, it's no longer a vacuum. It's teams playing against each other, winners and losers. Cream will rise to crop sooner or later. Is this team ahead or behind where it should be at that point in the season? Yeah. And uh, now bringing it specifically to the injuries, uh, things that, that really do worry me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right off the bat, Shane Lemieux is one. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I actually I think I like Shane Lemieux more than most people. I know that he had his struggles, but I think that he's gotten better. I think that he's looked good in everything that I've seen. Um, it's a shame he's hurt. Uh, I really hope this isn't a, an injury thing for him, like forever. Uh, but I mean, good is, is relative. I think he's a functional guard. I think that, that him being able to play at the level he looked like um, allows us to rebuild slowly along that offensive line, maybe transition for the right guy at the right time and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, John Feliciano continues to worry me. I know he had some crazy cramping issue or something that knocked him out with dehydration for a really long time. I still think there was more to it than just that. Um, but, you know, whatever. That's just me. Who cares? Sure. But, but continuing to miss time, that worries me only because I saw exactly what it looks like when he's not there. And it was probably some of the worst shit I've ever seen. <laughs> um, I'll tell you who scares me is more and more is no Kadarius Tony. Yeah, that's starting to get on your nerves. It's getting on my nerves because, you know, you you hear the reports from the coaching staff of, you know, what a difference maker he can be. And, you know, having him out there gets everybody else. You're taking a step down on the, the reliance on a rookie, you know, as that slot guy. You have two of these guys. You can do so many different things. And we don't know what the deal is with Kenny Galladay. We don't know if he's just a head case and, you know, on his way to be one of the biggest busts in giant history or not. I, nobody I can certainly count on by any stretch. We don't know what Sterling Shepard when he'll be back for sure. Um, you know, we have a litany of guys that are kind of fringy receivers who've been, you know, battling to be on this team for a while. And again, we're in year two only with Kadarius Tony, but just, you're not on the field. It becomes a problem. And I can only dismiss it and wave it off for so much and like, ah, uh, you know, isolated, 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 but he's not available again. And it's just, uh, it, it really changes what this offense can and can't do, not having him on the field. Absolutely. I mean, there, there are specific packages that you can tell are, are written into the playbook specifically for Kadarius Tony. Sure. Um, and I don't know. Uh, I, I wonder how much of it is maintenance. I wonder how much isn't. I do believe that he did a little bit more work today. I, I just I don't think it was team drills. I don't but think but even if it's maintenance, time. I mean, how many guys are getting very limited reps because of maintenance? Maintenance indicates maintenance from to prevent something from happening again or it's still happening. That's what scares me. I, I, did, how many practices did we see Tony in team drills? Three even? Four? I th- I think three or four most. Yeah, it's, it's, and this is not this is not a guy who's just oh he's ready just you know he didn't play that much last year. No, I mean he's 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 got plenty to prove. So absolutely, and just he needs those reps. I mean, it's, again, if he's a guy who's like Sterling Shepard, doesn't need the reps necessarily. He's been through this a thousand times. He's a professional, knows his place. This guy is still like a glorified rookie for the amount of time he's actually been on the field with this team. Yeah, I mean, 
I'll uh, I'll be frustrated when it's week one with him. Uh, as long, it, it doesn't appear to be anything too major. Concern right Concern. now, not frustrated. Frustrated yeah. will be Jesus Christ. It's week one. He's not here again. Yeah. Uh, concern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, I'd like. I, it's almost. You know, you're you're concerned. I don't know that I feel concerned yet, but I do feel like almost like I I'm like salivating at the thought of what this will look like with him, and I just I want to see it so bad because that makes it, so frust- seen it that makes it frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that specter of what it could be that, oh. you know, the siren call of having these two scatbacks who can just have you could their their ankles bend and, and and they move in ways they move like Jagger. They're fantastic. But what good is it if I'm just thinking about it all day? Yeah, I I don't know. I guess I, I don't. I guess I just don't feel necessarily frustrated yet. But I am I am excited. I, I don't know. It's a, it, it's like teasing me. <laughs> um, yeah. Everybody else. I'm a little I'm a little concerned at how long it's been with uh, that Breda. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's maybe overblowing a position. I don't maybe care that much about backup running back, but I just... Well, no, on a normal team, I wouldn't be as concerned, but again, until I see Saquon Barkley play 17 games, yeah, it's something fair. you have to have in the back of your mind, because if he goes down for whatever reason, and Brady's not there, we, we, we've we seen a nice competition with the guys who are fighting to be the number three running back on this team, but they're still number three running backs. And the drop off from Breda down to the other guys, you know, the Brightwells of the world, that, that's a, that's a drop off. I know they look good in the scrimmage, but they're also playing against second and third team guys as well. How would they face, you know, first team guys and, you know, really good defensive lines? We, we don't know. Probably not good. So I, I understand the frustration with and the concern about that. Um. I'm a little I'm a little worried about Jihad Ward being out. Um, I don't know if I should be or not, but uh, seems to be like a veteran presence, you know, at, at the edge position where there's no real experience there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's really that big of a deal. Maybe it's not. Maybe his injury is not that big a deal. I'm not really sure. Maybe just from the, the veteran presence more than the actual production well, I, I, yeah i think i think maybe for like the scheme things i think it's a complicated defense that uh he was brought in specifically to kind of help implement this and yeah, he's not maybe, there maybe um and, and you know uh one mistake with this kind of thing will be a blown coverage for a 78 yard touchdown kind of thing i you know i don't know as as you and the fan base starting to get that uh mental preparation for seeing that specific scenario happen a lot this year, the potential for a blown coverage and a guy, you know, quarantined by himself with the 80 yard touchdown. It's going to happen. Have I been mentally prepared for it? What, what are you asking me specifically? Yeah. Like it, it's like knowing it's going to happen. Are you, are you getting yourself kind of like, okay, we knew something like this was going to happen at some point, not being just like, what the hell? What is this? Oh no. I mean, I know that this is like, from the moment he was hired for starters, not even mm-hmm. looking at the roster, this is something that's that's a potential with this kind of defense. That's fine, and it's it's more likely against good teams that that study well. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be right. shocked if if Tom Brady were able to uh, identify some kind <laughs> of formation and know that he's got some kind of coverage or something like that, or know that there's some way to exploit that or confuse the defense back and 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 
whatever, right? Um, no, I mean, you know that just from hiring him. So I, I've already got those expectations. I knew our roster. You know, we did our, our 53-man, how do you, or whatever, how you get under the cap right. exercise. And we right. couldn't separate with James Bradbury, and yet we did. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you look at it then, you know, there was another checkpoint. So I'm mentally prepared. You know, I'm right there. I think people maybe are freaking out a little bit. Maybe a little bit, and this, I'm not making like a general complaint about Giants fans. I, I think people maybe are overreacting to the preseason game just a little bit, and I say that because A, it's preseason, it's practice, um, but B, more so, is that I saw what Wink Martindale runs on every single down in practice, and I saw what they did in the preseason game, and they're not the same. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, on every single play, in practice he's bringing a blitz i know he's not going to do that in a game but you have to see the variety and the creativity in some of these blitzes what yep. we saw in the preseason game was a little bit of that here and there very 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 frequently maybe under three times for the most part he was just bringing an extra rusher there wasn't anything too bananas about it and i know there's a that... difference between bringing what, what pressure and say... being exotic Right, right. What I was going to say is when it comes to the live bullets, I think that, again, a lot of what makes this defense work and cover up some, some roster inefficiencies or whatever is confusion and, and some of that, that kind of thing. So let me ask you a question about this coming Sunday. Yes. No, we're playing Cincinnati. It'll be my first preseason game in 21 years. Very exciting. Very um, do you expect to see a little more of the exoticness from uh, from Wink in this uh, in this game, and because they're playing Cincinnati, a team that's familiar with his scheme, do you expect to see any more game planning against it, or do you think they just run a bit of vanilla themselves because it's preseason? I don't know what to expect from this coaching staff in Wink Martindale. To be honest, uh, that's an excellent question. Uh, I could see that. The only thing I can really definitively answer uh, is I think that we'll see more time with the starters. And mm -hmm. I think that we'll, it, when we do see the exotic blitzes, we'll see one or two with the starters. I think that probably will happen. Right. But whether we'll see tons of it, no. I think a lot of it is keeping it close to the best. And again, like I said earlier, there's a difference between bringing pressure and and blitzing and having all the you know the real exotic crazy stuff that's like oh, gonna absolutely. confuse a defense yeah um and game planning against it i i don't know maybe in uh, no maybe on the fly joe burrow will recognize something and want mm -hmm. to practice an audible that he thinks you know, okay, maybe, um, but that seems a little... Yeah, I, only reason I'm really asking, again, because he used to be in that division and they've seen him before. It's a fair question. I didn't think Yeah, of And we're getting from, you know, week one, which is straight up vanilla, to week two where you're getting a little more, getting more game ready. You know, let, let's see what we can do. I would hope so, because they don't look game ready yet, but... No. But, I also, you know something? I also don't think that they look as bad as I think a lot of other people do. But let me tell you something. I was um, on my trip around the country this past weekend. I was watching NFL Network and watching uh, that Dallas-Denver um, game and watching the, the Pittsburgh game. Nobody looks good right now. Oh, so, yeah. again— I haven't seen a single snap of, like, any other—other uh, yeah. other than the Zach Wilson injury. 
Yeah. Uh, but I, I haven't seen a single snap of any other team. I mean, it, it, they're funny to watch because they're always the local broadcasters and, you know, they're cheerleaders for the team. And they're so super excited about everything they see. But it's just like, this is bad football. So, again, we're in our giant bubble right now. We're just watching this team and we're like, oh, they look like garbage. But, you know, something everybody right now looks like garbage. They're not teams yet. They're a bunch of guys that are learning to grow together and practicing together and gelling together to become a team. So just keep that in mind. We're still at, you know, this is August 17th, 12.04 a.m. This isn't week one yet. Ways to go. Yeah, uh, there's a whole lot to, to go. And I'm really interested to see what happens in this upcoming preseason game. This week of practice, um, you know, and in any of the practices, really all, the, all I'm really paying attention to is who is and who isn't practicing and any new injuries or roster moves that happen. Mm-hmm. At this point, I, I, I'm, I'm not active practices. I don't really you know, know what's going on in videos and drills. If something amazing happens, maybe I'll think it's cool. Well, most people aren't any more anyway. So, you know, the yeah. practices are now closed and uh, media availability is limited. So we're pretty much relying on – know what the coaches say in their press conferences and in leaks so that's what these preseason games i guess are opportunity to see things yeah um so i as it stands the uh the way this is going to work is our next episode will be after that preseason game next week so perfect time for another episode since all we're concentrating on is roster moves and injuries Mm -hmm. uh the only reason there would be an episode in between now and then is if either something really great happens or something really really bad happens uh and it's more likely that it would be something bad than something good because i can't really imagine what (laughs) yeah news that would be that whatever but i will tell you some good news i it was confirmed to me tonight that there will be a tailgate on sunday before the game in our normal spot you have to check on uh Nikki Snacks tattooed leg to get that at location. Was it L seventeen? L sixteen, I think. L sixteen. We'll uh, we'll be there. Um, the Talking Giants crew will be there. Uh, what, I, what time is that? Is that a night game or? Is it's that a seven o'clock game. Oh whack! All right. Well, uh, I guess <laughs> I, if I know Snacks well enough, he'll be there at the moment the gates. He's are probably open. there now, actually. So. Yeah, he might he might be packing the car. <laughs> but we will all be there. Um, you know, we like to meet everybody and. Uh, you know, again, this is the these preseason games, are, games com- are fun, man. You can pay attention all you want, or you can just dick around and walk around and, and have. It well, you don't have to worry. It really doesn't matter. The most exciting thing I am is we're going to get on the train after the game is over and not be mad that we lost. <laughs> it's something. It's just a tradition, unlike no other lately as giant fans. But we just go and observe and have a good time, see our friends, you know, and um, complain about the Guns N' Roses to Metallica mixture of songs they play and. Pretty much, yeah, and but but mostly see all of our old friends. Yeah, and hopefully meet some new ones. So if uh, you're out there, come come join us and, and say hi. Yeah. Um, in the <laughs> interim, you can find us on Twitter at football underscore grump and at, at the cranky fan. Also, you can find the cranky fan on his FL Teams podcast on YouTube, where he is very active with Braves baseball right now and stuff you probably don't want to pay attention to but (laughs) very soon will likely be gators football and that will be something you want to pay attention to so bookmark this website i'm telling you now everybody if you don't know the name anthony richardson you will very shortly and also a second name i'm going to give you osiris torrance 
Okay. Right guard, who's probably going to be drafted in the first round, transferred from Louisiana over to Florida. He's already being projected as a first-team All-SEC guy. I'll give you updates on him as well because might be someone we might be of interest to us somewhere. Absolutely. So you know where to go for all that now. Um, and this podcast, of course, is available on YouTube as well as various other streaming sites for podcasts such as iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, etc. So with that said, we will see you all next Tuesday morning, correct? Tuesday morning. All right, everyone. See you then. And go, go Giants. Giants. Go Giants.